With us today is uh, former Governor David Patterson, uh, former New York State uh, Democratic uh, Committee Chair. And David Patterson, what the heck happened? There was no red wave, it doesn't look like. Uh, I mean, the Republicans won a lot of seats. There was a red wave in Florida. There was a red wave in Nassau and Suffolk County. Uh, give us your analysis what happened uh, during our uh, New York State elections, New York City, and also a little bit of the national. Well, I was kind of surprised, John, that Michael Goodwin wrote on Wednesday that if a Republican couldn't win in this situation, a Republican could never win in New York. I don't feel that way at all. I thought that um, Congressman Zeldin, he found an issue. He raised the issue. He spoke about it well. He spoke with passion. But what he didn't do was what Governor George Pataki did in 1994, where Governor Pataki, if you go back and watch his old debates with uh, Mario Cuomo, I mean, Mario Cuomo was one of the great debaters, but Governor Pataki looked like a statesman. He talked about bringing people together. He talked about uh, unity. Um, Revolutions don't begin with injustice. They begin with hope. The injustice is that crime has spiked and is a real problem around the state. But what Zeldin never did was to stand in front of audiences and act like he was the, the spirit of hope. He acted like he was the spirit of anger. And I think that that really hurt him. In addition, I think he underestimated the issue of the economy. Yes, crime is a serious issue, but the economy was right up there, even ahead among some of his own supporters. So in Suffolk County, uh, where he was supposed to run up the score, he only won 58 to 42. And as soon as I saw Tuesday night that Hochul had gotten 77 percent of the Bronx, 82 percent of Manhattan and 71 percent of Brooklyn, I thought to myself, even though 15 percent of the vote was in, it's over. And and, uh, so you you saw that right away. Now, uh, he swept Nassau Suffolk County. Is it because, and, they, and there was a red wave in Florida. I'm going to give you, ask you your personal thoughts. You know, me and you live in New York, and uh, we lost, I think, what did we lose? Like 300,000 New Yorkers to Florida, or maybe even Nassau County, who knows, or Suffolk County. Now, they had red waves. And the numbers were drastically different in, in New York. Do you think so many people left that it changed the numbers for the election? Well, I think so many people left that it was going to change the numbers anyway. But I think that, responding to, to Michael Goodwin, I mean, I was in the state Senate. And at the time I was in the state Senate, the Republicans had run the state Senate for 70 years. But what I realized is that when we ran against them, we would always take all the money and divide it up among like 25 candidates. And we'd always lose because they outspent us 10 to one. So what I did was I started running races in only two or three uh, areas where I really put money into, even though I had all the other candidates out. And that's how that was the beginning of, of changing it. So I think that there's got to be a little creative thinking here because it, it was surprising that uh, the Republicans did not run the score you know, nationally. But what they did do is to secure uh, the power. The and, and by doing that, they've created a firewall so that um, the president and, and the Senate 
and the other House members can't just have their way, which they did for two years. And on the national uh, front, uh, what else, uh, other than Florida, other than, uh, what was your pulse? You know, they were supposed to, the, the, the Republicans were saying that we're going to get 54, 55 seats in, in the um, uh, Senate. And they fell short also in the, in the House by a great deal. They, they were thinking 30, 40, 50. Uh, was it somehow the Trump influence that hurt in, in certain ways? I don't think that the antics and the actions of former President Trump played into that situation as much as I think that the Republicans picked some candidates that really were unproven, leaving out the health problems of the lieutenant governor in uh, Pennsylvania. He won because uh, Dr. Oz really wasn't a good candidate. He really never really sold to the constituency that he wanted to live and, and be among them. Um, Herschel Walker is another candidate they took. And leaving out all the accusations against him, when you hear him speak, I mean, he can barely define what the policies are that he thinks are important. I think that the Republicans have a, a great number of really qualified dynamic people who've done some incredible things who should be running instead of some of the people that they fielded um, on last Tuesday night. We've got a couple minutes left. What do you think the people should know about uh, the November 8th elections of 2022? Because the next step is the big elections of the 2024, the presidential election. Governor Hochul's uh, victory and the failure of the sweeping red wave that I think many of us expected could lull the party into thinking that everything's fine. We can keep spending money. We don't worry about the uh, price of inflation. And, uh, and, and, and that would be the worst thing that could happen. I think Democrats have got to act like Bill Clinton after the 1994 elections and Barack Obama after the 2010 elections when we got our clocks clean, losing over 60 members of the House in both of those uh, years. It didn't happen this year, but it doesn't assure that President Biden can be reelected in uh, uh, 2024. And I just don't think anybody who's, who's a Democrat should be sleeping easily after, in a sense, dodging a few bullets on November 8th. Your advice is me and you have been in politics forever. Maybe you've been longer than me. Uh, then uh, you would, you would warn both Democrats and Republicans that, uh, uh, there's, um, things are different and, uh, we gotta be careful. We all have to be careful. I think the 2024 race is wide open and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But one thing that I did appreciate, as I've said to you before, is that I thought both uh, Congressman Belton and uh, Governor Hochul ran some really tough races. You know, they got on each other in the commercials and that kind of thing. It was a whole lot better than the awful remarks. I mean, uh, there was an S-word to describe Mikey Sherrill, the congresswoman. I think that's outrageous. We don't need that. We have some Democrats who... uh, Play, make some pretty flippant and antagonistic remark we don't need either. 
I, you know, Governor, I agree with you 100%. When I ran for mayor in 2013, I told everybody what a great job I would do and what, what things I would do. I never criticized any, any of my opponents. And, and I think uh, you are very similar. Both of us are very similar. Well, I was right there alongside you when you ran in 2013. And it was so refreshing. I just wish that people would learn that you don't have to be an antagonist to be a good politician. Bill Clinton once said politician is a blood sport. I don't think it should be a blood sport. I think we can disagree and get angry and at times get frustrated with each other. But what makes the country great is that we have ways to vent that frustration, and it's at the ballot box. I agree with you 110%. Uh, Governor David Patterson, thank you for everything you do, helping keep common sense in, in politics. Both of us work side by side together, and uh, God bless you, and God bless America. And, John, thanks for being behind me 110%, but I'm going to try hard. I'm trying to get to 120. <laughs> Take care.